Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Law and Candor, and thank you for joining us for yet another season. We, we persevere, we kick, we, we push through the door, we got renewed for another season. I'm not quite sure how it happened. I am Bill. I am here with my co-host, Rob. And as you may know, this is uh, March, and March is Women's History Month. And every year that we've been doing the podcast, we've taken the time to celebrate Women's History Month by interviewing and learning from women who've revolutionized the e-discovery and technology industries. And we'll be doing that again this season. Really, I think you'll love who we have on. As today's guest is um, Lighthouse's own Chief People Officer, Kelly McGill. We're going to be talking to her about some really important things about creating just a more diverse and inclusive culture at your company. You know, culture is very important. Speaking to someone who, who's worked at companies that, that value culture and companies that don't, I can tell you that when you value culture, it, it is felt by every employee. And, and, and specifically, she focuses on mentorship. It's a, it's a fantastic interview. I think you're all going to love it. Before that, though, uh, one of our favorite portions of the program, as you all know, as avid listeners. Sightings of Radical Brilliance. And as that name implies, this is the part of the show where we bring you the latest and greatest in news and noteworthy innovation and acts of sheer genius. Rob, kick us off with this season and our first sighting. Well, in another shameless effort to make us appear smarter than we actually are, uh, today's sighting comes from the Harvard Business Review, the January 27th edition of this year. It's called Managers, How to Be a Better Ally in Remote Workplaces. And this kind of resonates with me, at least. There's no question, I think, to anybody that, you know, more employees are experiencing burnout. We're in the middle of the great resignation, et cetera, et cetera. I think this article really, it provides good advice. Like if you're managing people, you know, I think one of the, the key things that it mentioned is that if you have an ally at work, you know, you're twice as likely to be satisfied as people that don't have allies. And as a manager, you know, part of your job, especially in a remote workplace, is to try to encourage, you know, these type of ally relationships, making sure that um, people are feeling heard and understood, you know, which, of course, is harder to do when we're not sitting next to each other. Yeah, absolutely. And I, but I, and I think that this, you know, you can still do this remotely, right? I think we're all in a stage now where we're looking forward to getting back in person, uh, but you can still do this remotely. They talk about allyship, right? Through interactive training, working in groups. You know, I, I think that it, this is something that's got to be driven from the top down, right? It's got to <laughs> yeah. be that the company, you know, makes a, an affirmative effort to make sure that people are connecting because when you're, when you feel, and look, we've all felt this, right? Right. We've all been through uh, to, to different companies or law firms or, or corporations in, in our careers where you know whether or not you feel isolated and alone. And certainly these days, that's a lot easier to feel when you when most people are remote or at least, you know, spending at least portion of their time remote. Yeah, I've been surprised. You know, like I was never a big fan of a lot of some of like these programs that, you know, you you see at work now and then, you know, they always kind of felt a little superficial to me. But since, um, you know, since COVID and since we've been remote, I, I've actually been impressed by, you know, Beam and some of the other programs that, you know, we do within Lighthouse and I know other companies are doing too. It's been a great way to interact, you know, to hear people's um, point of views. I think that uh, this really is important for managers now. You know, if you're not encouraging this, it's just so much easier when you're working from home to kind of slip into this, you know, your own universe and not feel like you're connected to the greater company. And I think this um, this article just has great advice. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And, and while we usually uh, reserve the sightings of radical brilliance for, uh, like we said, innovations of, uh, in, in technology, I think this is something that touches pretty much every company, whether it's our, our the clients we work with, the law firms we work with, or, or the technology vendors out there like us, uh, because it's just something that we're all going through at the same time. So good article, good read. Check it out. Harvard Business Review, January 27th edition, 2022. Certainly a good read. I think everybody will, uh, will be able to take something out of this, especially those in leadership. All right. Next up, our conversation with Kelly McGill. We'll be talking about the value of mentorship, particularly in a hybrid or virtual working environment. Things like what makes a good mentor or mentee and what are organizations doing to build the best mentorship program possible? Hi, Kelly, and welcome to everyone's career highlight and appearance on Law & Candor. Uh, this season, you know, we're celebrating Women History Month and the women in our industry. You know, one way that we really like to start this is just to learn a little bit about you, you know, your background, how you ended up in eDiscovery. There's always an interesting story there. Great. Well, thank you. Um, I really am excited to be here and talk about Women's History Month as well as uh, some other things. So a little bit about me. I've enjoyed a 25-year career in the technology industry and about 20 years working with organizations in a variety of roles focused on people and culture. I was really lucky to be a part of the launch of business to business web pages back in the day. I was lucky to be a part of the advent of cell phones and the cloud and so many other things. And in 2020, the call came from a few acquaintances I had here at Lighthouse. And after I met with them and learned a little bit more about the organization and how tech is playing a transformative role in eDiscovery, this was just simply something I could not turn down. So uh, new to eDiscovery, definitely interesting story, but look forward to seeing what we do with technology over the next few years. Yeah, it's great. I, you know, we started doing this. We consistently heard from what we would ask them, like, what's the what's the one thing that you would say, you know, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, advice that you would give? And it was always the one consistent thing that kept coming up is mentorship. Um, so wondering, like, what's your take on mentorship? Do you think it's important? If so, why? What, what makes that such, such a compelling benefit? It's a great point. Um, I, I hear this question a lot. And mentorship is powerful in a lot of different ways. And, and I'll talk about the context of of mentorship in tech, which is where I came up. Technology is a male-dominated industry. We all know that. And for me, the most important thing about mentorship is understanding how the culture of a particular industry already operates and, and how I can actively participate and contribute. So in the tech industry, what can I do to participate? What can I do to be a part of that? Um, the second thing I would say about mentorship growing up in the tech industry is I needed to build confidence you know, it's a male-dominated world. It's very complex. It's changing rapidly. I needed to build confidence with all of that. So when I started my career, things were changing so much. I knew that I needed to be a learn-it-all instead of a know-it-all, which at first I thought I knew everything already, as many young people do. Um, so I had to be okay not knowing the answers. And I needed to, you know, jump in and learn from the right people. Um, I think this is really a lot harder as a woman in tech, because tech didn't evolve as a career for women. So a lot of us you know, including myself, felt a bit like outsiders. Um, and having mentors in tech helped with this. In fact, one of my greatest pieces of advice from uh, a mentor was don't campaign. You've already been elected. So feel comfortable in the role you're in and, and know what's happening. And I remember my first mentor in tech, I, I sat down with a fabulous technologist and I was, you know, 
hunting and pecking, you know, figuring out the keys, trying to figure out how do I even write a single line of code. And I was working on the back end of a product called SAP. And this fabulous guy I was working with said, look, all software is created the same. All you have to figure out is one of them. Figure out how certain properties work and how things come together. And and you'll be fine. You'll be able to carry that forward. And he simplified something that was so complex for me. And sure enough, as you know, as soon as he said that a light bulb went off and I was able to, you know, learn a lot of different softwares and, you know, be competitive and 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 do my do my job more effectively. And so it, that was a very profound impact on my career. And I think, you know, for me, that mentor and mentee relationship appears on the outside to be a one way thing. But over time, what I found is I was able to mentor Tom, uh, who was that mentor at the time. And, and he ended up learning a great deal from me over the years, instead of being, you know, completely black and white, thinking about ways to do things different, um, about how to do things, you know, from a, diverse perspective. And I think the most interesting and important thing about mentoring is uh, you teach best what you most need to learn. And so this is a bi-directional relationship that started early with the two of us. And I still look at things that way. Kelly, I loved hearing that story about your mentor. I'm curious, like what, who are some of the other mentors that you've had in your career and what impact did they have on you? I think one of the things I've learned about mentors is you're not looking for a carbon copy of yourself. You're not looking for validation with a mentor. You're looking for innovative ideas, right? The, uh, a way to challenge the way that you think, um, a person that encourages you to try something different or something new, which is what that original uh, mentor did for me. Um, when I think about women and looking for mentors, it's not about gender. Many of my mentors identify as male. But it's really about intersectionality and all the things that make us up as humans. You won't get much out of someone that thinks like you or has the same mental framework as you do. This great example I heard about this topic really relates to uh, folks who work in cybersecurity. So if you think about mental models and kind of frameworks of how you view the world, Imagine a situation where you've got one person who grew up in a very rural area that never locks their door at night and people come and, you know, the the neighbors come and go and, you know, people pop in for a glass of iced tea or some lunch, but it's a very open uh, environment. And then compare that to a person who grew up maybe in a city where you've got 16 locks on the door, it takes you 10 minutes to lock them all. Um, or, you know, maybe in addition to that, there's there's doors on the window. Those two mental models, while extreme, uh, really outline how those folks would think different in a cybersecurity environment. It's just a great example of looking for intersectionality and people that think different from you. So if I grew up in, you know, the city and I've got all those locks, it'd probably be good to talk to talk to somebody who grew up in a rural area and think about how can we meet in the middle so we don't go overboard one way or the other with our cybersecurity practices. So I just think that's a great example of intersectionality and learning from people who have different frameworks or experiences than you do. So Kelly, hybrid and remote working has changed everything, especially the last couple of years, including a lot of our you know working relationships. How like how do we deal with this when we're looking for mentors today and we're not sitting in that same office every day? 
Yeah, that definitely has changed a lot of things. Rob. I agree with you. And staying connected is obviously much harder in the remote world, mostly because it's caused all of us to toss work-life balance out the window. Um, so we're always connected to the office. We can easily pop into a room and check that one last thing. Um, I do appreciate the way that this has allowed everyone to peek into call uh, peek into colleagues' worlds in an entirely new way. That's a wonderful thing for talent, knowing a bit more about people you work with, whether it's the room they're working from, the pets that are always included in meetings, kids that are hopping on laps, um, or, you know, just including that broader environment in a conversation or going for virtual walks uh, with with one another during one-on-ones. There are good things about it. Um, It's easy to find ways that we are more alike in a virtual environment. So it levels the playing field in a sense. So there's nothing like working in person for certain situations, but in general, I think we're all making this world work. And it's a little bit like a work roulette situation where you're meeting new people and new frameworks, new mental models, a lot more diversity on an ongoing basis, because you're seeing, a, you know, you have a glimpse into what people's worlds are are like from, from day to day. So I think it's helped us in a sense, but I also look forward to being back in person. Interesting. Yeah. I want to, I want to touch on, you know, in addition to diverse perspectives with regard to, you know, seeking a mentor, what else should people be looking for in a mentor? And then what does it take to be a good mentee? Um, That, that's a really great question. I think what you should be looking for in a mentor is somebody that is not like you. Um, And I think that that's very important because you know, you, you don't want to take in anything, you know, things that you've already got, you're trying to grow and evolve. And a good mentee um, and a good mentor uses inquiry to help understand and, and teach one another. For instance, um, a question a mentee or a mentor might dig into with one another is, how do you think that might play out? Or how do you think that that came to be? Or do you think somebody else should should be included or other scenarios should be considered? I, I think questions are a great way to get to know each other in general, but it's a great way to help someone think through options and allow for innovation and discovery versus a single approach. That opens an opportunity for people to you know, participate and learn um, and, and explore those different mental models and frameworks instead of I'm a mentor. I've already done this. I'm great. Let me tell you how this is going to play out and be done. I mean, every scenario is different and having um, people that you can bounce ideas off of and play through things and, and making sure that that's bi-directional mentor and mentee can be super powerful for both. So let's talk about how organizations implement a mentorship program and not just, you know, me looking for a mentor or you looking for a mentee or, you know, vice versa. How do organizations that value something like this and see the value in it in, in, in you know, uh, uh, delivering value to their employees and, and find having employees that will have a, a, you know, see the progression in their career, perhaps? How does an organization implement a program like this if it's not just, you know, people volunteering to do it on their own? Yeah. I mean, Bill, I think it starts with being really clear about what you expect the program to solve. Like what organizations are trying to drive with mentorship programs and driving innovation in the next set of leaders in the organization requires a deliberate approach to how you set up that mentor mentorship program, but also the diversity and intersectionality required across those mentors and mentees. So uh, I won't learn or grow from same backgrounds. Uh, Second, I think ensuring the expectations of mentors and mentees should be clear. 
mentors use inquiry and guidance versus a technical training kind of approach. Mentors are not trainers, they're mentors. And mentees can bring a scenario to each session and talk through potential approaches. And this this becomes a discussion versus a how-to. So if I were to put a program or a class together, I would bring potential mentors and mentees into a virtual or you know, when it's safe, uh, brick and mortar room and talk about why we're doing mentorship and do some role playing as a part of that. And during that session, you get an idea of who may make good matches in your organization. You may also want to do some ongoing, you know, coffee roulette where folks are randomly connected to get a mini glimpse into others' roles and how they may be a great connection and a mentor. The important thing here is when you build the program, understanding what you want the outcome to be and understanding that mentors come from all levels, all roles and experiences and mixing those things up can really drive not only diversity, but also incredible innovation because of the different ways of thinking. And Kelly, speaking of diversity, you know, this is such a focus here at Lighthouse and I know at a lot of other um, companies as well. How does mentorship contribute to building a more inclusive, diverse culture? I mean, we've touched on this a little bit, but um, because diversity drives innovation and inquiry drives inclusion, you know, we're more the same than we are different. And I think as people explore that and start to contribute to one another and and share with one another, it just naturally builds a more inclusive culture. So I I think to be a mentor is a very powerful thing to be, you know, a mentee is a powerful thing, but there's a little bit of pay it forward um, in, in that whole scenario. So I, I think it just drives a virtuous cycle. Yeah, it's interesting. I think, you know, this, this question is actually something we added uh, for Women's History Month uh, and, and we get great answers. I'm really looking forward to your answer here. What's the one tip you'd give to other women in the legal technology space to help, you know, not only succeed individually, but then amplify each other's voices? Because I think that's just as important as you said, you're breaking into a male dominated industry. It's less so now, but only minimally less so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So what are your, what are your thoughts around, around that? Yeah. Well, I think first be a mentor. This does not have to be formal. You can mentor in every meeting or interaction you're in by leading through inquiry, teaching others how to think versus what to think. And, you know, those things are, you know, really meaningful. And I'll, I'll share a couple examples of that. But if you're invited to a meeting and see others invited that you may, you know, that you think may benefit from some pre-meeting support, proactively reach out and ask how you can help them prepare themselves for the conversation. Don't assume everyone has everything all buttoned up all the time. Um, You have to be deliberate. I had a um, a woman COO, chief operating officer that that I was working with at one time, uh, teach me to prepare for meetings by writing down what I wanted the outcomes of each meeting to be. So she said, hey, take a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle, have two columns on the, you know, left side, kind of write down what you want the outcomes to be. And on the right side of the paper, write down what's what's the questions or comments that you want to make about those particular topics. And it seems quite tactical, but this gave me a ton of courage about using my voice in the meeting. And I didn't feel like I was rambling or saying something irrelevant, something that crosses my mind and keeps me quiet if I'm not careful. And it seems like those little tips and tricks uh, are, are really important. And again, they don't need a formal mentoring relationship to share. So be a mentor all the time. Um, the other side is, you know, finding a mentor, somebody that will challenge thinking and how things, you know, in how things may or may not work. This means breaking habits and thinking um, and, you know, working together around, you know, 
how we work and how we can do things different. A, a mentor can really help us build courage and skills to grow our careers. Kelly, this has been an amazing episode and really appreciate you being willing to, to come on and share. I, I love the stories about your personal mentors. I think that those are always um, just really impactful. If I you know, had to pick a favorite part, I, I loved your advice about when you're looking for a mentor, don't look for a carbon copy of yourself. You know, you're really looking for somebody that can give you a different worldview, challenge you, push you, maybe even make you feel a little uncomfortable sometimes. But um, I think that this was a great podcast and great advice. And thank you again for joining. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Kelly, do you think it's a problem that um, every mentor I've ever had stopped returning my calls and every mentee I ever had stopped returning my calls? I'm I'm not not sure if it's me, (laughs) if it's a coincidence. Or if it's something I, I should look into, so maybe <laughs> offline we could talk about it. If, if there's one piece of advice, maybe maybe our audience doesn't need to know what you really think that answer is, but I, yeah. maybe we should follow up. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's set up something to talk about that. I, I may need to share a few things. <laughs> and the last mentor I called literally answered the phone and said, Domino's Pizza, don't call back and hung up. Yeah. And I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's rare to have to get a restraining order against a mentor. It's only <laughs> yeah. happened to Bill twice. Yeah. But, only yeah. twice. It's only happened twice. That's true. That's true. So I feel good about that. So <laughs> that's fabulous. Thank you, Kelly. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, party people. If you like the show, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Make sure to resubscribe and rate us uh, on wherever you get your podcasts uh, and, 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 you know, tell a friend. Uh, also, be sure to check out um, uh, more on how women are breaking the bias in our industry on the Lighthouse's LinkedIn page and blog. We're doing that for Women's History Month this month. I think you'll find it interesting. Check it out. Talk soon. Bye.